Let's go in the weeds right now <laughs> and focus on the heavyweights in the National League. They are not hard to find. The Braves are loud. They are loud in the beginning of games. Acuna often gets them off to a fast start. One through nine in that order. There's no team better right now. And it's like, oh, well, they probably have weak pitching. Did you see Vine's debut in Colorado for the Braves? Did he threw like 100 changeups. So? I know, I know. I'm just saying. That's he threw perfect, a lot. That's the pitch. Hit. That is no, the damn pitch, especially there. Did, did you see the interview with his family? Yeah, it was awesome. Oh, that man. Was awesome. Was I'm going to read what David O'Brien said, who covers them for the Athletic. He said, suddenly the Braves have more depth and fifth starter options than would have seemed possible not long ago. Winnings, Schuster. Kyle Wright after a few more rehab starts, Mike Soroka, and if needed, Chirinos or possibly Smith uh, Shorver, depending on his shoulder situation. And then you saw what Vines just did for the Bravos. And out of all of those names, none of those dudes are starting playoff games either. So you can take from that group, maybe Wright at some point, but you can take from that group and have them involved in a bullpen as well. It is an embarrassment of pitching depth. For the Atlanta Braves. Also, for example, have you seen what Pierce Johnson is doing with the Braves? Dude, dude. Holy shit. Is there shit. a better – okay, is there a better we, – we hit on Chris Getz earlier about him being GM. Is there a better development organization right now than the Braves? No. Dodgers are going to Dodgers argue maybe? you. But I'm That's saying why we're like, talking about these two teams. But um, look at them. I mean, a lot of these dudes for the Braves are homegrown guys. Albies, right? I mean, Riley, Acuna, Harris. I mean, that's four studs. Strider. Strider. Freed was traded, so he didn't count. But the whole list of pitchers you just showed almost is all homegrown. I want to take it one step further because – And their bullpen mentor, there's another homegrown – I mean, it's yeah, crazy. And their bullpen's really good. Here, here's my question with these two teams because they do this better than most. We can talk about drafting, developing, keeping the right guys, all that. Cool. Here's what blows my mind. Teams like the Braves and the Dodgers can make a trade and instantly the player is better. You can't tell me it's just like, oh, he's happy now. It's winning baseball. I want to know, and we'll ask Lance Lynn this next time we have him on with the Dodgers. Like, what is the phone call? Is it Friedman saying, hey, dude, welcome to the squad on Wednesday. Why don't you come in a little early? Let's sit down and chat about how things are going for you and what we're seeing and whether there's a tip or a pitch mix change or anything like that. There's got to be something because all of a sudden a player goes over to that team. We've seen it with a ton of dudes on the Dodgers and I'm bringing up Pierce Johnson as an example. He was not good earlier this year with the Rockies and don't just blame Colorado. First of all, he was from Denver and his numbers were better in Denver than on the road. He was worse on the road. So I'm like, and I, I get it. It's the Rockies. I'm like, how does a guy like that go over to Atlanta and become one of the most dominant relievers in the game right off the jump. And he's always had the stuff and he's had success with the Padres in the past, but that's the shit I want to know the player perspective on. How do you that quickly go from eh or super underperformer to one of the top dudes in the league? Anyone have an answer? I tell you what, I tell you how Lance Lynn did it. What? Mookie Betts was the guy banging for him to get over there. So yeah, but I get that. He so goes you get a there. phone call from the Dodgers. Like, Hey, we traded for you. Oh, by the way, Mookie Betts in your corner. He's like, Superman, bum, bum, here we go. But what what happens? They change this pitch selection. They so, have better. Okay, they've talked. People have talked about it. Crafts, we've heard it. Keenan Middleton went away, and they're like, you know, he said about the White Sox, the whether the culture or not. But there's an analytical thing too. Lance Lynn says it on the show. He, I changed my pitch 
I change pitch direction. I change pitch location. I change pitch sequencing. I change every pitch, right? So there's something that they know. And this is why, again, this I hate to keep going back to the White Sox GM. This is why you interview people from other organizations. Because you can find things that they you're not doing in your organization. You can get little tidbits. I'll give you another example. Justin Verlander. Well, he blew up called the out Mets the Mets when he was there. When he was here. there, internally, someone brought an external, and he helped to clarify, and it was totally on his side, that this is a dude that was part of a winning organization comes over there and says, hey, I don't feel like your pitching program is up to speed. The dudes behind the scenes are not giving me what I need to succeed at the highest level, like, say, Houston is. And guess what? The Mets didn't dispute it. They listened. And also, they're making changes right now, too. So today we get the news. They fired their director of player development, Kevin Howard, and also um, Jeff Lebow was the director of pro player evaluation. And they're they're finally like very, very heavily investing into a different pitching program. So we'll get into more of that, no, but it, it's wild. I have wild. a question for Kraft yeah. before we get to Lane Thomas. Are the Braves and the Dodgers the clear favorites in the National League? Yeah. The, okay. the clear favorites. Okay. Because yeah. they're better at this stuff. Yeah. Well, let's bring someone on who can first off tell us about these teams and then also about how his team has really developed and succeeded at a high level now in the second half of the season, especially. Lane Thomas from the Washington Nationals joining us right now. Lane, great to have you on FT for the first time, man. How you doing? How's the second half going, not just for you, but for the boys? Yeah, good, man. Thanks for having me. It's it's cool to get to talk to you guys. Um, man, it's been good. I think, you know, as everybody knows, we got a bunch of uh, young guys and trades and, you know, some guys that didn't have a ton of experience and just kind of got to get their feet wet in the big leagues. And man, it's been fun to watch them kind of transition into the players they are now. So before we get into what's gone really well and some of the other players, teammates of yours that have um, been improving, you've faced the Braves and the Dodgers this year. What do you think? Like you heard a little bit about what we were just saying, what makes them special? What stands out? And also do you know any guys that have gone on to other teams and kind of clicked instantly? I'm not saying necessarily coming from your team, but we're talking about like Lance Lynn, Pierce Johnson, some of these players that have moved teams and like next start, next outing. It's like, holy shit, what is this? Yeah, for sure. Uh, we, we, we played, I'm trying to think, I think we played the Braves and the Rays and the Dodgers the first half. And what, what seemed uh, to stand out to me with those teams is, you make a mistake or you, you give them a chance, you know, in a certain inning with guys on base to bring up Mookie and Freddie. And there's a reason those guys are getting paid what they are because they, they make you pay for, you know, letting them have the chance to drive those runs in. So I think that's the, the for me, the biggest thing that stands out between, you know, those top tier teams and other teams is, you know, when you give them a chance and you make a mistake to, you know, let that inning continue, then, then you know, they're going to make you pay for it. All right. So we're talking about teams changing teams and like, Boom, it just changes. You got traded to the Cardinals from the Blue Jays, your original team that was drafted you. Am I getting this right? You hit 27 home runs in your first year in the bushes with yeah, the Cardinals? Yeah, first, first, first double-A season, yeah. I, uh, it was a good place to hit, um, and I think I'd, I'd kind of been hurt leading, in, leading up to that, so I hadn't really played a full season with the Blue Jays. Um, I kind of broke a wrist a couple times and broke a foot, you know, in, in high A, so – I feel like it was just kind of, you know, getting some of that man strength and, and just putting together some at-bats in a long period of time, you know, and I went to the fall league after that. So I kind of just had played a lot of baseball that full season. So I think that was a big part of it and just kind of, you know, I was a high school pick and just kind of growing into your body and, you know, getting some of that man strength. 
Lane, what, what everyone talks about famously the Cardinals way. What is the Cardinals way? And can you explain it to us? Because I played for the Cardinals for a hot minute. And I mean, you didn't get the drift. I didn't get the memo. No, <laughs> they didn't give it um, to me. <laughs> it's funny you say that. I remember, I remember my, I, so I like got traded from the Blue Jays. I drove across the state, you know, in high A and just picked up with their high A team. And like the first meeting I had was with the farm director and the manager, you know, he happened to be in town uh, for that team. And um, yeah, they literally handed me a book that was like the Cardinal way. That's literally, they have a book that, you know, and you meet with a guy, um, you know, it, it, I remember my guy was uh, Loop and uh, who else? Um, they have ex-players come around and you meet, you know, like their core prospect guys. Like Bernard Gilkey was one of the guys, Aaron Looper, um, Ryan Ludwig. You know, they just come around and just kind of give you experiences and kind of talk you through situations, which I think was cool. It, it, you know, it kind of gave you a little taste of what was to come and, you know, bounce questions off them. So I think it just kind of skews from the development side of things, not necessarily what the big league team does, because I feel like it's hard to tell, you know, guys that haven't come to the organization kind of what to do because they traded for you or you signed them because you thought they already had that stuff. So I think it was more coming from the minor league side of things. Is it like a playbook? Do you have the playbook still? You didn't get it. I was in the big leagues, dude. I I didn't didn't need the Cardinals way. Is it like a playbook? Like they give you like first and third defenses and they're like, if they're in cover two, then we run the the post corner, you know, like. No, it was more like life skills, man. It was like, you know, finance, you would go over like financial stuff or, you know, it could be baseball stuff about like, you know, how to handle yourself in, in times when you're struggling and, and just kind of life lessons like that. It wasn't always baseball or it wasn't always off the field stuff. All right, because AJ was talking about cover two. I know you're a big <laughs> University of Tennessee fan. What is going to happen on September 16th when they play Florida? Is it going to be a route? I know that's a, that's a tough place to go in and win. So, you know, I'm hoping they pull it out. No. Yeah, that I was the first thing I noticed sitting here waiting was like the, the Gators jersey. I'm like, come on now. Look at look at this meathead. <laughs> <laughs> meathead. You're right on meathead. Lane, he can't even fit the damn helmet Dude, this on. this helmet is like so small. <laughs> AJ's working out But it's autographed by Urban Meyer. Thanks for being a friend. There you go. That's cool. <laughs> uh, Lane, first of all, I want to say this, that I did sign with the University of Tennessee. But I was, did you? I did not. I did not go there. So I mean, there is a little bit of love for Tennessee. In Too my good for who Tennessee. Who was the uh, Who was the head coach when you signed there? Uh, Delmonico. Delmonico. But they. So I originally like, signed there too, but it was Serrano. He, I think, he kind of took the reins, and then Todd yeah, Raleigh was actually. Wait. You know, Cal Raleigh's dad was the head coach there when I was like coming through there too. Really? So this yeah, is how Cal, old I am. The, the guy was Seattle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is how old I am, Lane. I Delmonico was the coach. Yeah. Like Todd Helton was there when I, I went on my official <laughs> visit with Peyton Manning. Okay. So we were there That's at the same cool. time. Right. And then, uh, you know, Todd Helton, R.A. Dickey, these guys, you know, Brian Roberts, his dad recruited me in North Carolina. I mean, Rod Delmonico's dad, Rod Delmonico's son, Nicky Delmonico played for the yeah. White Sox. Yeah. Nicky comes up to me and goes, you broke my dad's heart when you didn't sign. You didn't come there and you signed. <laughs> I'm like, dude, that was 35 years ago. Like, let's get over it. <laughs> That's no wild. Way. Yeah. He was. I think Nicky was like, I think he was a senior when I was a freshman in high school. And that guy was unbelievable out of high school. I was like, I got no shot looking at that guy. And they'll catch you now. I don't know. Yep. Things right, change. Baby. He's coaching in the minor leagues, and Lane Thomas is going deep. That's right. That's <laughs> right. Hey, Lane, something that stood out to me, I know your name came up around the trade deadline. I've known Mike Rizzo for years. Super, like, sh- stand-up dude. Great communicator, right? He'll come right downstairs. Like, he's a scouting guy. He'll talk to the players. So one thing I loved was, it's like about a week before the trade deadline, he was he was doing some interviews 
And he basically said, like, Lane Thomas is a big part of this team for years to come. Sure, we're going to listen to players just like any team would. Any team's going to, quote, listen to any players. If someone calls and says, I'll give you half my damn team. But he, he basically said, like, we are keeping him. We value him much more than, like, say, just someone you can plug in and, and destroy left-handed pitching. He's like, this is an everyday player. So did you hear comments like that from him? Um, and how does that make you feel as a ball player? Yeah, I think, you know, my full time here, the last, you know, I got traded in 2021. I think him and Davey and this whole coaching staff has just really kind of instilled that confidence in you that, you know, they think they see what you can do and, you know, go do it. And he's always, he's never really talked to me about that kind of specific stuff, that specific of stuff, you know, right to me. But um, I just remember something he said in 2021, you know, I had a good couple months to end the season. He was like, you know, you're doing good, but don't get comfortable. And it wasn't like a, friendly don't get comfortable it was just like you know we believe in you but don't get comfortable and I think that's kind of stuck with me is like you know it can change quick so you know your time's limited no matter how good you are so I think that's something that you know kind of stuck with me from that year so yeah and then and you know the comments were, were, were cool to hear I think it's, it's always nice to hear how valued you are congrats on the baby on the way yeah November. yeah November yes it's it's especially through the season, it sneaks up on you. You know, it's it's gone by quick, even to her. So yeah, we're excited. You feel like you feel like with the baby coming, do you feel like it's something that you have two good years under your belt in the big leagues, and you could approach the Nats and be like, "Look, I want to be part of this when some of these guys fully understand how to play in the big leagues, because we're building something awesome here. So give me an extension." You know, I, I don't think I would ever personally ask that. You know, I definitely love being around these guys, and I think I would love to be a part of, you know, what's going on right now and seeing CJ and Mackenzie Gore and all these guys that we have that, you know, don't really have a ceiling. I think they could be whatever they want to be. It's pretty cool to see, I mean, CJ transition from the first half to the second half and just kind of come to himself and, you know, watch him play shortstop. He's just, I mean, he's, I, th I saw a stat on the board. I was like, he stole like 37 of 40 bags, and I'm like, I hit right behind him. I didn't realize how many bags he had stolen. I'm just like, oh, there he goes again, you know. So it's just cool to see that kind of stuff and see the potential. And, you know, hopefully we can add some pieces and, and, and actually compete here. Is it cool for the Nationals to look at the standings knowing that this team is building back up? That's no secret. And same thing. Like Rizzo has been straightforward about that. Um, you know, he dealt Soto last year and there's other guys, vets that have been dealt. But you look right now, this team is above the Mets in the standings, better record than the Cardinals. Same record as the Padres, teams that really pushed all their chips in. You guys are just starting to hit your stride, building for seasons ahead. Is it cool to be able to kind of upset a lot of ball clubs, given what they were expected to do, and be like, we're just as good as you? Yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, it's 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 cool competing with those teams, but I think that's the biggest thing is, you know, even even when we have lost a series or, you know, say, get, say we get swept by someone or, you know, we – lose two or three, I just feel like it's, we're in every game, you know, and if we're down two or three runs, it's like, you know, it doesn't feel like we're out of it. I feel like, you know, we have the potential to come back every night and, you know, we have guys in the bullpen who we bring in and we can shut the door. So I think we have a lot of good things going, you know, I don't necessarily don't know what else we need, but, you know, hopefully they can figure that out and, and, and give us a chance to really go compete and, and um, you know, have, have keep having fun with these guys. So Ken Rosenthal's our insider, and he wrote the other day about how in the second half of the season, in addition to the record being very strong for the Nationals, the base running has improved, the defense has improved, if we're looking at metrics, right? 
Have you noticed that? Is it visible to you on the field? And there's the reasoning for that. Like Dave Martinez just got his extension done. You know, can can you describe what's being done in the Nats organization that leads to some of those improvements that some people might call small, but they're actually obviously playing out in a big way for you guys? Yeah, I think it goes back to kind of our coaching staff and how they approach, um, you know, the game plan for stuff. I know that, you know, I, I remember coming up with when I first got up and, you, you know, you're nervous to even steal because it's like if I get thrown out in this situation, it's like, you know, they might not play me the next day or, wh- or whatever goes through a young guy's head. And I feel like when I got here, it's kind of like they instilled a confidence of like, you know what, you have to learn how to do this. We have young guys who can go out and do these things. And if you get thrown out, it doesn't matter. You know, so I feel like that's been a big part of it. And then just understanding when and when not to run and when to be aggressive and when not to be aggressive. And, you know, it sounds like such small things, but when you have a whole staff committed to that and explaining to you and teaching you things about, you know, what I do good and what I need to improve on and um, and just understanding all that stuff, I think, is what what instills the confidence and the, and the preparation to just go out and do it on your own. So I think that's that's been a big part. Somebody from your team told me to ask you about the interaction between you and Jeremy Rehack and what his, what his response was. The umpire the other night? Oh, yeah. I, I don't know. He, I thought the first pitch was kind of out of the zone. I was like, man, that's not a strike. And he, he was like, all right, well, you know, we can look at it. So as I did, I kind of went and looked at it. I was like, man, that's, you know, it, it wasn't, he asked me, he's like, you know, did you look? I was like, yeah, man, it wasn't even really touching the box. And, I probably shouldn't have continued, but I added a little more to the question. I was like, and there was about six other ones that weren't touching the box, including, you know, Jansen. I played with Danny Jansen with the Blue Jays. I was like, and he had the worst one, you know, your guy here. And he was kind of like, all right, that's too much information. I didn't need to know all that kind of thing. So it, it wasn't, I mean, I didn't get too upset, but I kind of was a little fired up, especially. And then he kind of got me again later on, so it didn't help. But, you know, it's just how it goes sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> that was it? I feel like there's more to that story, but he's still playing. I get it. There's yeah. definitely more to that story yeah. than what we just got. Which I may have fun. thrown a few a few more words in there, but that was the that was the summed up version. Okay. What about what about the Dave Martinez? What was the rant that he did earlier this year? Oh yeah. Oh, he went down when, into the into the. When he went down, I don't yes. remember exactly what happened, but but I don't know. The picture is posted somewhere in our, in our locker room. It's funny. <laughs> Didn't he take out the or he printed the photo of the next? Uh, yeah, yeah. What, what was it? Oh, that was inside Houston. the line. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the line. The line. It was yeah. that. I guess there had been some some base or I guess that call what happened to them maybe in the World Series with Trey Turner. It, yep. You know, yes. it happened a couple mm. times, and yes, then it yes. happened in Houston. And we lost the game because of it. So he like printed out the rule and was like, "Here, this is why the rule should be changed," or you have the option to review it or something like that i couldn't remember exactly but yeah he had it printed off <laughs> that that see that's cool to me i know obviously there's theatrics involved there and but to me like and i've known davy for years too i've been you know the office has the candles i'm sure still it's like chill vibes he played though i like the passion right i also there. think like davy as a manager has like kind of come out of his shell to be able to at times say no fuck that like <laughs> you're wrong on that one do you do you respect that? Do you have conversations with him about that being, I mean, I know you're not like a grizzled vet, but you know, you're in your upper twenties and on your team, like you're older than some of the dudes. So do you get to kind of spend some time with Davey and be like, yo, we respect that, man. That's cool. You're with us. Yeah. hundred percent. I think, you know, he does that a lot. I mean, he doesn't obviously get thrown out all the time for it, but I think, you know, having a guy that, that trusts 
I don't know, I guess you're kind of emotion in the game and when to say something and when not to and kind of take, you know, have your back in those situations is always good. So he, he's definitely been good about that. And, um, yeah, it's been, it's been really good. Hey, uh, Lane, have you met Steven Strasburg? Have I, have I met him? Yeah. 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 So he was, um, yeah, I've, I've been around him quite a bit. Is he at the field? Um, not today, I mean, he has been, yeah, for the last couple of years, obviously he, I think he made, what do you make? I think he made one start for us last year. So, I mean, he was, he's, he's been with us the last two years full time trying to, you know, recover. He doesn't talk to the media much. So what's he, no, what's like, how has he been like knowing that, I mean, dude was oozing with talent for a long time and he accomplished a lot. But he's not able to, you know, get back on the field, and and you know we saw the news he's going to officially announce his retirement soon. You know, being around him, like, do you feel bad? Do you sense that if when you have a conversation with him, knowing you know what he's got when he has been able to pitch? Yeah, I mean, you know, we see it as I got to watch him try and come back from this for two years, you know, and all the effort he put, and he was here every day rehabbing and. And, you know, he was in our fantasy football, so I think a lot of that stuff and being around the team helps, but I think it just comes down to, like, you know, a quality of life stuff, too. It's like he wants to be able to hang out with his kids and pick them up and be comfortable with that. So, you know, I don't know the details of it. You know, they don't the, – the training staff and stuff doesn't really let us in on all that. I know that he was here, you know, recovering and trying to come back, and I know that, it, you know, I, I know it's hard to do that is to basically come out and say that you're not playing anymore, you know, with, with whatever's left. But, yeah, it's – a lot of that stuff I don't know, but I know that he was here doing what he could to come back. And, you know, it, it obviously had to be pretty serious to for him and to come out and say it. No, yeah. that's awesome. That's what I wanted to know. Like, yeah. Was he around? Was he was he there? Because mm-hmm. there's all these stories that he's never around the team. And he's in San Diego and the team's in it's Washington. It's more of a mystery because, because what happens is, talk, and I, I, same but thing, like awesome I've covered the Nats. He, he's, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't like to speak publicly that much. He, he's shy and um, – but but then teammates are like, oh, I hung out with him, so that's, that's right. That's it's, what I wanted to know. It's cool yeah, to get some around. insight. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And he, listen, I'm, I guarantee I know Steven a little bit. I've done some stuff with him before. He's a really quiet, good dude. It's great to hear that he was around and trying because yeah. I think there's this narrative out there that he was just like, oh, I'm shutting it down. Screw it. I'm getting my money. So to hear Lane say he was there, he was busting his ass to get back. Yep. Listen, sometimes you just can't come back from stuff, and and as human beings. You want to hear that they tried, and he tried, and good for you, Steven Strasburg. You won the Nats World Series. You set your family up for life, and go enjoy it. Yep, exactly. Yeah, 100%. I'm with you. He's, well, definitely, Lane, he's definitely on the quieter yeah. side, but, you know, once, you, yeah. once you're around him, he, he kind of opens up, and, you know, he's a good teammate. Dude's got some stories no matter what. Mm-hmm. Lane, I mean, he, was, he was like Mr. Prospect, like, in oh. that next era, and then he comes up and lives up to it when he's been on the field. Absolutely. Lane, before you go, say, say it with me. Go Gators. <laughs> can't do it. That guy can't, Hell no. can't come on. Tell him. Be like, shut up, AJ. <laughs> he won't. He's too nice. He is too nice. Lane, dude. That's not great. the Cardinals' way. Well, it doesn't matter anymore. Actually, it was when it's I played there. One. Actually, it was when I played there. <laughs> what? Well, Nationals' shut way up, is like, like we are just saying with Davey. Like, be yourself. I love Davey. He's great. He's a I great interview. I did. Tell him we said, yeah. hey, and Lane, it was awesome to talk to you on here for the first time, man. Keep crushing it. Absolutely, guys. Thanks for having me. I'll talk to you guys soon. Appreciate it. See you, man. Lane Thomas of the Washington Nationals. Good stuff. That was fun. I'm glad we got the Strasburg thing in there because because uh, that's people, important for people. It's important to, for no, people outside of the he's game. He's around. When that he tried because I, I I think you know most 
Matt Jonesy knows Strasburg. He went on the Nike trip with us a few times. I mean, he was great to talk to. And the thing is, is like, you, you don't want to ever just say, oh man, this guy's given up. Like, dude, to hear Lane Thomas say he tried and he was trying to come back for two years. Good for good. It's good to hear. Well, cause the problem is Adam, if you don't speak ever just about, then people will say things. You can't defend yourself. Right. And also people yeah. just want to make a connection. Like the J- AJ's bit always with the writers for a while is he'll be like, Oh, you root for this team or this or that. I, I genuinely can tell you many of them don't give a shit how the team they cover does, but wait, I will, I will give you one bit of credit here. They're still humans. So if they never speak to someone, they're not going to be able to cover them the same way or give them benefit of the doubt. How are they supposed to say anything about his character or be like, oh, that's not really what it is. I'm going to write how this is done. They don't know the dude. So that's why sometimes it's like if you're completely shutting yourself down, people are going to start saying shit. Oh, he doesn't care. He's just cashing in. I mean, Rendon gets this bit quite a bit also because he doesn't like to talk to the media. And I've spoken to him, but he's just like, fuck it. I don't care what they say. Like, I don't want to talk to the media. I don't feel like it. I don't like it. I worked out with Strasburg in San Diego State for, let's see, he graduated. Uh, it was been about eight, about eight or nine years or something like that when Tony was still alive also. And I never actually worked out with the man, okay? Like, he just does what he, he does his own work, but he gets it done. He's a very quiet-to-himself guy. And like I said, for Lane to say that he's been there every single day trying to get himself right, and he's got a nerve issue. You know, for anybody that knows, nerves, they don't just heal on their own. It's a very tough process if they ever heal. So, you know, for him to have the quality of life that he can't pick up his kids, like, I, it, you know, there comes a point where we can't pick up our kids because they're too heavy. It shouldn't be <laughs> a point where you can't pick up your kids because you physically can't do it. And that, Nick said, the quality of life made more than enough money. So, man, go enjoy your life and don't turn and don't look back because you did. You gave your body to this game. And, you know, that, that's what we do as athletes. We give our bodies to this game and we don't look back. It's not made up like he's got nerve damage. You know, we can say like, there's there's also just to separate if if fans, like especially are listening to the pod after. There's, there's a difference between the, the contract and the person. This is my point is, yes, we can say that contract was a massive bust because when you are evaluating players, injuries are factored in there. We're allowed to say that and yet still say accomplished a lot, super talented, and you're a human, go live your life. There's there's a exactly. difference there. 100%. Yeah. There's a difference between the human and the contract. Yes. And we want everyone to be able to live a productive life. And pick up their kids. Not yeah. like pick up their kids in a car. Like literally be able to like pick up their My three-year-old. My kids are too big to pick up at this well, point. That's what we're saying. Yeah, It's the same with, with Chris Davis too. It's like, you know, when, the, when you physically can't do it anymore, he was trying to keep playing, battling injuries, his back, his hips. He physically couldn't do it. We wanted to rag about how his numbers weren't what they were when they were calling him crush and like he couldn't hit this and didn't didn't look this way. He was physically going through and it came a point where it's like, I just can't get up every day and do this. It's it takes a toll on me mentally. I'm I'm not even there with my family anymore because I'm trying to do so much to stay on the lines. And they said quality of life is way more important than playing sports. Mm-hmm. Well said. 